We continue our look at the transfer portal. Today, it's the wide receivers. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome to the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope you are all having a fantastic start to your Friday, a close to the week here. We've got another fun one in store for you here on the show today. We are continuing our recap of the transfer portal. We know how confusing it can be with all of these players changing teams, um, new faces in new places ahead of the 2023 college football season. We've got you covered here on the show and we've been going through the last couple episodes or so going through some different position groups and talking about some of the more high-profile transfers and where they are uh, this upcoming season and why uh, they make this list. So we've done quarterbacks, we've done running backs, we've got wide receivers up next here on the show. I've got about six or seven names. I was telling everybody in the pre-show, and I'll share it here with you guys here uh, on the podcast version. This 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 show could be 45 minutes to an hour long if we went through every single name on this list. That's how many names there are. That's how many different you know, uh, team, uh, teams have acquired new talent. Players have changed teams looking for different opportunities. I mean, we could be here all day. I've narrowed it down to about six or seven different guys that really kind of stand out to me. Um, some of some of them because they were high-profile names uh, coming out of high school, being recruited, and now the place that they're going is, is pretty impactful, and that's a fun storyline. But then there's the other side of this of maybe some names that you don't necessarily know a whole lot about. But I look at the situation that those players are walking into, at least for me personally, and I get very excited about their prospects for 2023. So uh, those are the kind of the buckets that these players fall into uh, for this uh, show here today about wide receivers. And let's start with, I think, probably the biggest name on the list. Um, and I, this is a guy who it was a former top high school recruit, depending on what service you used, where you looked in terms of recruiting for the class of 2022, was the top prospect, was the second prospect was the top athlete, but this was a guy that made waves in his class because he decided to go to Jackson State and be coached up by Deion Sanders, and that is Travis Hunter, two-way player, uh, played on defense, wide receiver on offense, and he is obviously a big name because of the reputation that he has from being a top high school prospect who chose to go to Jackson State and chose to forego opportunities at major Power 5 programs to go with Deion to Jackson State, and now that Deion Sanders is over in Colorado, he put himself in the transfer portal and he went to Colorado as well. Uh, on offense last year as a receiver, 18 catches for 190 yards and four touchdowns. And I look at I look at Travis Hunter, and he is obviously a big deal. It was a big deal when he went to Jackson State. And he, his entire recruiting process was a big deal for uh, Deion Sanders. I look at Travis Hunter going from Jackson State to Colorado and the talent is absolutely there. This was a guy that had Power 5 offers, could have very easily gone to a Power 5 school. So I don't question that he's not he's, that he'll be able to play in the Pac-12. Zero question marks about that. But for me, I look at Travis Hunter as the biggest reason why this Colorado team might be able to have early success on offense. He is going to be, I think, the biggest key to Shadur Sanders having early success at Colorado. Um, you know, Shador Sanders went to, to Jackson State with his dad, now is transferring to Colorado with his dad. It's basically going to be the starter. There is a competition increase 
from going from Jackson State to Colorado, going from Jackson State to the Pac-12. And so when we look at that, when we look at that jump, Shadir Sanders as quarterback is going to need help. And a player like Travis Hunter, who he's already developed chemistry with, that he's already developed a rapport with, that's going to be a really big deal for him to find success in 2023 to get Colorado off the ground running. I've made no bones about it here on this show um, that I am skeptical of the success that Colorado is going to be have very early often um, in Deion Sanders' tenure there in Colorado. I am skeptical of this thing that they're doing, hiring Dion, who doesn't have a ton of coaching experience, and what they're doing with um, having guys leave in the transfer portal, just bringing in all their all their guys from Jackson State who wanted to come with them. Like, I am skeptical of it all working. I'm skeptical of the way that Deion Sanders has approached it and it leading to long-term success there in Colorado. But if it is going to have early success, this, this experiment, what they're doing in Colorado with Deion Sanders as a big marquee hire, um, to turn that program around, then I think Travis Hunter is going to be a big part of that because I think he's going to help the quarterback out a ton. Sportsline asks, are you counting tight ends in this group too? No, just wide receivers here uh, for the show today. So we've got Travis Hunter as one of the top names here on this list, probably the top name because, again, I think he's so integral to how successful this team is going to be um, in 2023. Next guy up for us to discuss here, uh, Dante Thornton going from Oregon to Tennessee. And you look at this guy and you look at the stats that he's been able to put up in his time in uh, Oregon, 26 catches in 15 games, averaging 20.8 yards per catch uh, with three touchdowns. And in doing research about uh, Thornton, didn't know a whole lot about him, but I've seen a lot of quotes from Josh Heupel, Tennessee head coach, where uh, Dante uh, Thornton is transferring into. And Heupel has talked up the versatility of this kid, being able to play both inside and outside. This is a top 10 wide receiver prospect from the class of 2021. And on this show and in this series, we have made... A, we've gone uh, out of our way to talk about how you get on this list, you become a guy that we talk about, that we highlight because of opportunity. And the opportunity at Tennessee, because Hyatt and Tillman are gone, and there is a void to be filled there on this team, that is the definition of the opportunity that we're talking about on this show. And Brew McCoy is going to get a lot of the buzz. He is going to rightly get a lot of the attention there in that offense. But after Brew McCoy... They're going to need somebody else to fill in, and I think Thornton can be that guy, and he might be able to find a role. You got Heupel talking him up a bunch. You have a a guy that has a proven track record of being in a Power 5 program, and the opportunity is there for him. So he is another guy on this list for me. Uh, Speaking of the Pac-12, a lot of Pac-12 here on this show. Travis Hunter going to Colorado. uh, Dante Thornton coming from Oregon. Dorian Singer going from U of A to USC, and I don't know how much the listeners of this show, the live YouTube chat, you'll tell me in real time, uh, if you know a lot about Dorian Singer, but I don't know how many people know uh, Dorian Singer's story. This is a former preferred walk-on to the University of Arizona. And when I tell you what this kid did in 2022, you're going to be questioning why he was a preferred walk-on. 66 catches for 1,105 yards. That is 16.7 yards per catch and six touchdowns. You say, Chris, that's very that's a very impressive resume in 2022. Uh, this is a guy that also was tied for the Pac-12 lead with five catches of 40 or more yards and 11 catches of 30 or more yards. He also led the Pac-12 with 21 catches of 20 or more yards. You want to talk about a big play threat. Dorian Singer is that guy. I mean, the leader in the Pac-12 in all of these categories. 40-plus yard catches, 30-plus yard catches, 20-plus yard catches. The dude is a big play threat. And with two years of eligibility, 
Where's he going? It's going to the USC Trojans. And I literally will read verbatim the notes that I have written down about Dorian Singer. The last note that I have written down here is something, something joining the USC offense. Because when you join Lincoln Riley and you join Caleb Williams, and I know they still got Mario Williams there as well, who's I think going to have a good season there. But Dorian Singer, big play threat. All the statistics that I just mentioned. And he's now going to get to go and be in the Lincoln Riley offense and get, get the catch passes from Caleb Williams. If you don't think Dorian Singer is going to be able to completely build off of what he did in 2022, man, I think there's a big year in store for Dorian Singer. And again, down there at U of A in the Pac-12, maybe doesn't get a lot of attention. People maybe not recognize how good of a year this kid had in 2022, how good he was among the elites of the Pac-12 pass catching group. I don't think you're going to be able to ignore Dorian Singer in 2023 with where he's going, how good we think USC is going to be, the attention and buzz that Caleb Williams is going to get for the 2023 draft. I am super, super excited to see uh, Dorian Singer in that offense in 2023. Uh, Very, very excited about what this, what the prospects are here um, for this, for this team. Um, The next guy up on the list, we get out of the Pac-12, everybody. I, 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 I know you guys were enjoying all the Pac-12 after dark there, but we get out of the Pac-12. And we talk about a guy that I think when discussing draft prospects, this is a guy that's going to be on people's shortlists. And that's uh, Zachary Franklin going from UTSA to Old Miss. I'll read directly from my notes here. Check out these stats from the last two seasons. So the last two seasons for Franklin combined. 174 catches, 2,164 yards, and 27 touchdowns. You want to bring it down to just what he did last season? 93 catches, 1,137 yards, and 15 touchdowns. And those 15 touchdowns were second in all of FBS among wide receivers. It's pretty impressive. Former first-team All-Conference USA team twice. Now, since we're here, everybody loves a good sidebar here on the show. And I don't know how many people listening to this podcast or who are part of the live YouTube audience know this. But have we seen... That Conference USA, CUSA, has gotten rid of the hyphen. The dash in between the C and the USA is gone now. They have bridged the gap. When I tell you that I I couldn't be more out on Conference USA now because of this move, I couldn't be more out on the CUSA after this move. Because the hyphen, I think, is it, it it's the it's the panache, it's the pizzazz, it's the little extra on top. We're talking about the C USA. So I just needed to get that off my chest because I haven't had a chance to talk about it here on the show if they got rid of that dash. Maybe that's why Zachary Franklin said no more to UTSA. I'm going to go join Ole Miss. Dude's joining the lane train. Now listen, we talked about this when doing the quarterback series that we have some question marks of who the Ole Miss starting quarterback is going to be. But here's one thing I can say with certain. Whoever that starting quarterback is going to be for Ole Miss, I have zero doubt Franklin's going to be one of their favorite targets. Just look at the production that, th- that this kid's been able to put up. He's been a first-team all-conference USA team twice each of the last two seasons. The numbers speak for themselves. was one of the best um, receivers in all of college football last year in terms of touchdown. And now he's joining a high-octane, high-profile um, offense in Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. I'm super excited to see what this looks like. Janelle says the hyphen is like mustard, the panache. I disagree with comparing the the hyphen to mustard, but I appreciate the doubling down on the panache being used there. But yes, the the hyphen being gone, it's a huge loss for the CUSA. But yeah, 
Um, Jakari Franklin could have been could have been number one on this list. Truly, he absolutely could have been number one on this list. Um, but he, he he's here. This isn't really in any particular order. It was just the order that I did the research in. But I knew I wanted to get Franklin uh, on this list. Um, I I've seen him be mentioned in the chat, and I, the the chat is doing a very nice job of just throwing names out there to me as the show goes on. Um, to make sure that I get some names in here. Now listen, we're not going to be able to get to every single player that you guys have mentioned. But two of you have mentioned this player, and I agree on this player. And that's Keon Coleman going from Michigan State to Florida State. Now, 2021, he only had seven catches for like 50 yards or so, not a huge not a huge uh, season for him. 2022 was his big season last year. Uh, 58 catches, 798 yards, seven touchdowns. I have written down here he has multiple years of eligibility left. He's listed as a sophomore. I, I don't... I, I'll just share this take with you, and I, and I think that there, we're going to have a, an agreement, a meeting of the minds here. With the COVID years and the extra eligibility being added and some schools counting that eligibility in the way that they um, classify a kid and other teams not doing it in other places, I have no idea when, when it says if a guy's a sophomore, if he really truly is a sophomore, or if he's a freshman with extra eligibility, or if he's... I, I don't know. I, I have zero idea eligibility anymore. I have written down here multiple years of eligibility left. I felt comfortable writing that down here, um, but I have no idea how many years of eligibility any of these players have left. Um, it's very difficult to, f- to figure this stuff out. And I know I talked about with Dorian Singer, that he's got two years of eligibility left. Again, these are just guesses based on the information that you have in, in front of you at the time. Uh, he's joining a Florida State program. That is Keon Coleman that has super high expectations for 2023. I mean, the ACC might be wide open for the taking, and I think a lot of people, myself included, view Florida State um, as a team that absolutely could be making a college football playoff run if they, if things uh, go right. They have a potential Heisman candidate at quarterback, and so 2023 shaping up to be another great season for Coleman, being able to build off of what he did in 2022. Um, that Florida State wide receiver room, one of the best duos in all of college football um, with Keon Coleman. Johnny Wilson's there as well. Um, I look at this, this team, and I think offensively they are really going to be able um, to put up some numbers. Um, you know, again, Jordan Travis is going to be in the conversation. You've got Keon Coleman. You got Johnny Wilson. Those two in particular are really, really solid wide receiver options for, um, for Jordan Travis in, in this really important season for Mike Norvell for Florida state at large, because I think they can really break through and reclaim some ACC glory this upcoming season. Keon Coleman might have a major, major role. Uh, in that we've got two more names to discuss and they're kind of a combo. So in doing research for this next player uh, and that player being Dominic Lovett going from Missouri to Georgia um, listed as the starting wide wide receiver for the Bulldogs ahead of the 2023 season. And for good reason, uh, really solid 2022 campaign inside of the sec. I think that's really important Had 56 catches, 846 yards and three touchdowns. And Dominic Lovett's not the only sec wide receiver that's transferring into Georgia this season. Um, uh, Rara Thomas, who's also joining Georgia. He's coming from, I believe, Mississippi State. Um, these two guys, Dominic Lovett and Thomas, are really going to energize a pass-catching room in 2023 for the Georgia Bulldogs that absolutely needed it because I looked at, at the at the Georgia depth chart today in doing research about Dominic Lovett and seeing where, where he stacked up. Um, they've got, really entering this season, if they didn't have Lovett and Thomas who transferred in, um, Lad McConkey was probably going to be their top option at wide receiver, and um, they they needed some help there, and so they went out via the transfer portal and got two players that absolutely helped them 
um, in Lovett and Thomas, who I think are going to be uh, huge parts of this offense in 2023. And so they use the transfer portal to their advantage. They got guys with SEC experience. I think that's huge. Um, there's not a massive learning curve um, when you're in the SEC to be able to get up to speed very, very quickly. And it's a new era for Georgia for Georgia football with Stenson Bennett gone. And so we'll see what this new chapter for Kirby Smart looks like. Um, I'm looking at this lovely quarterback room that Georgia has as Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, and Gunnar Stockton uh, is their future there at quarterback. And so these are the names that I have written down. Um, there were some other names that the the chat um, have in there. Uh, Adani Mitchell I've seen in there. Um, who else? Jair Shorter at Auburn will have a good year, I, 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 I think, too, says Bailey. They need someone to step up, and he has talent. Um, yeah, I mean, th- listen, like I said at the top of the show, and I will repeat here, there is a lot of, there are a lot of names that could have made this list. Um, we could have been here for a while. These were the names that stood out the most to me in doing research. These were the names that um, really enticed me that I'm going to have on my shortlist to, to watch a ton of here in 2023 just because I think they're going to be very enjoyable. And I love the situations that most of these guys are finding themselves in ahead of 2023. And you know me, we love to talk about opportunity here on the show. Um, and so these were the guys that really stood out to me in this process. And so uh, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the podcast, this Transfer Portal Series. I don't think, just a little bit of a, a PSA here to close the show, I don't think we're going to uh, continue this series with each and every position um, just because, listen, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I don't know a lot about the transfer offensive tackles or the transfer linebackers. Like the skill position groups, I think, are a little bit easier in college football. And so we might do a best of the rest show and gather some names across the rest of college football and do that. Um, and so we are going to have that uh, show for you guys next week. And then a little bit of a programming note for you next week. Um, the Tuesday edition of the show. So this does not matter for the Monday edition of the show, but for the Tuesday edition of the show, there will be no video version and we will not be live on the Tuesday edition of the show. I am traveling Monday night and taking a red eye that is going to interfere with the recording, the, the, with the recording time of the Tuesday show. So I'm going to record that show ahead of time Monday night and it will release at normal time on Tuesday morning. So no video version and no live version of the show on Tuesday. So just four shows next week that'll be live. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show. Um, you've got a whole weekend to do it ahead before there's new content on Monday. So go ahead and do that. You've got the YouTube version of the show uh, Monday through Friday, barring Tuesday next week, but Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch us over there on the YouTube side of things. Uh, if you can't catch us live, You've got the video on demand where you can see all the videos uh, as well. And you can see the video version of the show. But give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell. All of these things help us out a ton here on the show. So we greatly do appreciate it. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. We're going to be back on Monday. Hope it's a good one. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next time.